Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 62 of season 2, and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Actually, two shows, since today is a special hump day happy hour edition of the podcast. Today we're bringing you episodes from Duffy's Tavern and the Abbott and Costello Show. Duffy's Tavern was a sitcom-slash-variety show that ran from 1941 to 1951 on several radio networks, and it starred Ed Gardner and a large cast set in the tavern whose owner has never seen or heard. Abbott and Costello ran from 1940 to 1949 and starred the legendary comedy duo Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, and also a large cast of regulars and famous guest stars. The duo's personal lives were quite different from their lighthearted performing personas. When their careers started to fade with the emergence of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis in the 50s, they were both charged for back taxes by the IRS and both had to sell their homes and most of their assets, including the right to most of their films. Both were gambling addicts, and Costello had serious health problems with rheumatic fever, while Abbott suffered from epilepsy and battled alcoholism. Costello died of a heart attack at the age of 52 in 1959, and Abbott of cancer in 1974. Fortunately, many of the radio shows have been preserved for us to enjoy. Now sit back and relax for the March 23, 1943 broadcast of Duffy's Tavern, and right after that, the July 7, 1948 broadcast of The Abbott and Costello Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Duffy's where you'll eat meat to eat, Archie, the manager's speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Hey, Duffy, you know who we got coming here tonight? Susan Hayward and Frank Buck. Huh? Well, uh, Hayward knocks him dead and Buck brings him back alive. Huh? What, uh, what does Susan Hayward look like? Uh, well, Duffy, remember the first letter Mrs. Duffy wrote you? Yeah, before she hooked you. <laughs> Remember it was a letter describing herself to you? Well, Susan actually looks like that. Uh, Frank Buck? Well, <laughs> he looks more like Mrs. Duffy. <laughs> hey, Duffy, uh, if I got married, uh, say to this Hayward dame, uh, would you give me a raise? A raise? A raise? Would you lower my salary? Now you can hear me, huh? Look, look, I make 15 bucks a week. Say with overtime tips and bonuses, it comes to 15 a quarter. <laughs> How can I support a wife and family on that dough? Huh? Send one of the kids out to work. What kids? I ain't even held a hand yet. Oh, oh, why argue with you? Good. Now listen to this, Miss Duffy. A poem to nature by Anonymous, Archie. Oh, Mother Nature, Mother Nature, how could anybody hate you? What are you talking about? Nature, Miss Duffy. You know, you ain't lived till you've slept out in the open with the earth for a pillar and a blue sky for a blanket. Archie, have you been locked out of your room again? Certainly not. I just happen to be a guy with red uh, hemoglobins in his blood. (laughs) A guy that likes to get away... Get away from civilization once in a while. Why? Because it brings out the real me. That's why. Besides, I read in this movie magazine that uh, Susan Hayward goes for the uh, back-to-nature type of guy, you know? 
Well, Aunt Susan Hayward's in for a big thrill tonight. Oh, thanks. When Frank Buck gets here. <laughs> now, there, Archie, is a real outdoor man. Oh, yeah? I bet you I've been out of as many doors as he has. <laughs> Mr. W., you just watch that Hayward melt. One look at me and she'll sweep me right off her feet. All them movie stars. Archie, if you men only knew how much mascara them movie stars use, how much rouge, lipstick, eyeshadow, face powder, eyebrow pencil, vanishing cream, cold cream, night cream, day cream, chin cream, neck cream, <laughs> perfume, and toilet water. How do you know they use all that? Because I use them too, and I'm a natural beauty. Archie, did you ever see a movie star when they got up in the morning? No, but uh, someday I hope to. <laughs> and it uh, so happens, Miss Duffy, that you're prejudiced. Them dames is just as beautiful in the morning as they are the rest of the day. How would you know? Because I read an article by a Beverly Hills milkman. <laughs> tell me about Hollywood stars. Uh, hello, I... Oh, hello, Finnegan. Uh, hey, Arch, did Frank Buck get here yet? Uh, no, but when he does, I think you better stay undercover. He might throw a net over you. So, I'm anxious to meet him, Arch. Uh, you know, I'm starting a little zoo of my own in my backyard. Uh, so far, I got a cat, a dog, and a fox. A fox, huh, Finnegan? What kind of a fox? Silver? No, a terrier. <laughs> And Frank Buck is only interested in wild game, uh, carnivorous animals. <laughs> no, the kind they show at carnivals. It's nothing to a guy like that to go into a jungle, walk up to a lion, look the lion in the eye, grab him by the legs, tickle him under the chin. Oh, oh boy, that's fun. Fun? Yeah, especially if you do it to a dame. <laughs> Well, Officer Clancy. Hey, Clancy, I seen you marching in the parade last week. You look mighty sharp. Well, my feet felt mighty flat. Well, why didn't you try to get mounted duty? What? And ride a horse for eight hours? No, Archie, no. This way I can at least go home and soak my feet. <laughs> What you mean, Clancy? Uh, why don't you stick around? You know, uh, Frank Buck is coming down here tonight. Frank Buck? And who might he be? The big game hunter, the guy that brings them animals back alive. Brings them back where alive? Here. What for? To look at them. Who wants to look at them? Who wants to look at them? Everybody. Not me. <laughs> well, he brings them back anyway. Who asked him to? Nobody asked him to. Then if you ask me, he's the jerk to be doing it. Look, Clancy... <laughs> That is how he makes his living. Bringing animals over here. Yeah. And what happens when he gets them over here? People look at them. Not me. <laughs> you mean to say that if you saw a hippopotamus, you wouldn't look at it? And how would I know it was a hippopotamus? Because there's a sign that says hippopotamus. If I could spell a word like hippopotamus, I'd be out taking the sergeant exam. Nancy, <laughs> you are nothing but a thick-headed dope. No, thick and I am, and that's saying a lot. Okay. Okay. What else is no? <laughs> well, not a thing. I think I'll be running along now. So long, Archie. Uh, so long, Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> I just kissed your picture goodnight, sung by Clark Dennis, our tenor, who's happy to sing for a fiver. I just kissed your picture goodnight, and now, dear, I'll turn down the light. Your picture neath my pillow works like a charm, it seems, for you steal through my pillow into my dream. 
we're not really apart For we're still in each other's heart So till the dawn, my darling I'm sure that I'll sleep tight For I just kissed your picture good night. Your picture neath my pillow Works like a charm, it seems For you steal through my pillow Into my dreams You Is your name uh, Archie? Uh, no, I'm Finnegan, but uh, I know who you are. Who? Susan Hayward. <laughs> Finnegan, please. Got your tenses mixed. That's Frank Buck. Oh. Well, well, Mr. Buck, uh, welcome to the interior of Darkest Duffy's. <laughs> By the way, how do you like the joint? Well, Archie, I've never seen a nicer menagerie. Well, I try to be a good manager. <laughs> uh, Mr. Buck, uh, how's uh, things in a big game game? Uh, pretty good? Well, the orders keep coming in. Orders? What do you mean, orders? Well, that's how I work, Archie. Zoos and circuses tell me what kind of animals they want, and I go out and bring them back. You mean a guy writes you a letter and says, Dear Mr. Buck, please send one dozen hyenas assorted. Six laughing and six crying. <laughs> you mean something like that? Well, it's something like that, Archie. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Puck. Yeah? Uh, how much uh, would a tiger cost me? What do you want with a tiger? Arch, in our house, we got very big mice. Well, Finnegan, a tiger would cost you about $2,000. Oh, that sounds reasonable. Uh, what size tiger would I get for that? Oh, a tiger about uh, 10 feet long. Uh, how high? About four feet. No good. Couldn't get in them little mouse holes. <laughs> oh, Finnegan, Finnegan. Uh, oh, Mr. Buck, have you met Miss Duffy? Uh, Miss Duffy, I greet you with the words of the African Mambas tribe, Apamachum. Monabuli. Likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Buck, I'd like to ask you a question. A what? Did you ever capture an animal known as a Persian dyed muskrat? <laughs> a, per- <laughs> a Persian dyed muskrat? I never heard of it. I knew it, that dear of Fogarty. Trying to tell me her fur coat is genuine and mine ain't. Well, what kind of a coat is yours? South American wild plush. <laughs> Did you ever catch a wild plush, Mr. Buck? <laughs> Not yet. Well, I know, of course he didn't. The man, the man who sold me the coat said they're very hard to catch. You see, they, they got such short hairs, there's nothing to grab hold of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Them plushes is even harder to catch than a wild mohair. <laughs> See, Mr. Buck, you must have a thrill in life. Oh, I don't know. I... Oh, don't be modest. You've locked George with death plenty of times, I bet. <laughs> I bet you don't think no more of struggling with a lion or a tiger than I do with a, a fella. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Buck, uh, uh, tell me, um... Uh, what was your most thrilling experience? 
Well, there was a wild taper that was tough. A wild what? A wild taper. A beast I considered uh, fairly harmless. I found him with a badly cut back. I tried to put some ointment on him to bruise. But suddenly the taper whirled, charged me, and buried his head in my stomach. Knocked me flat on my back. I realized the danger and yelled for my native boy. Fortunately, he came running in the nick of time and beat the impurity beast off. Boy, that was a close call. Imagine Vera Fogarty saying her husband's a genuine Persian dyed <laughs> oh, oh, what was you saying about the taper, Mr. Buck? Oh, Mr. Buffy. Uh, Look who just came in. The tomato from Hollywood. <laughs> please. Hollywood, they are known as tomatoes. Uh, Mr. Buck, uh, why don't you uh, go over to the table and uh, tell Miss Duffy the rest of that story about the paper? Oh, yeah, Mr. Buck, you're very interesting. I'll never go to the zoo again without thinking of you. Uh, Hey, hey, look, Arch, why did you brush off Mr. Buck? Why did I brush him off? Uh, Finnegan, how many big game hunters do you think Miss Haywood wants to meet? Uh, good evening, Miss Haywood. Hello, Archie. Uh, Miss Haywood, uh, allow me to greet you in the words of the African Salami Tribe. Uh, <laughs> Appalachian Okra Gumbo. Timbuktu. You're welcome. Miss Haywood, uh, may I say that uh, Mother Nature has indeed been kind to you? No, sir. Them lips, that figure, them, uh... Oh, what am I talking about? <laughs> You've been whistled at before. <laughs> well, Archie, it's, it's nice to hear about my nose and my lips, but... Oh, what am I talking about? You've been slapped in the face before. Wait a minute, Miss Haywood. Don't get me wrong. Frankly, to me, a dame is a dame. I just soon chuck the whole affair and go back to the jungle. The, the jungle? Oh, certainly. You see, I'm only here in the States uh, pro temporarily. Uh, recovering from the bite of a tsetse fly. A tsetse fly? Well, doesn't that give you sleeping sickness? Sleeping uh, don't you think the eyes open no wider than this? <laughs> However, it's all part of me life, you know. It's a big game hunter. <clears throat> See this mark on my arm? Mm-hmm. What's that from? Kicked by a cobra. <laughs> by a cobra. <laughs> by a cobra. <laughs> One of them uh, African savages. You know. Archie, a cobra is a snake. Right, you can't trust one of them. <laughs> but that's the law of the jungle. Either perish or die. <laughs> By the way, uh, did I, uh, Trader Archie, uh, tell you the most thrilling experience I ever had? No, but I'm sure you're going to. Well, if you insist. Well, sir, anyways, I was trying to put some ointment on the back of a wild uh, tapeworm. Archie. Archie, don't you mean a taper? That's the male. Anyways, the female, uh, this tapeworm, <coughs> leaps on me, you see. Before I know it, she's flaunting at me with a mouthful of fangs. So quick, I grab it by the nostrils, which forces it to open her mouth. Then I faint with me left and let go with a right uppercut and knock all the teeth out. Boy, that was a close call. And you were safe? No. There was still danger of being gummed to death. Archie, that is a very old joke. This happened in 1922. Well, sir... To go on, I faces this tapeworm and raising me free hand. What's the other hand doing? I forgot to tell you about the tiger. <laughs> Anyways, there I am, being attacked by them man eating you bangies, see? Their mouths is watering. 
They're just about to eat me. Eat me alive, you see. When all of a sudden, uh... Pardon me, Archie. Mr. Buck, did you have to come in and spoil that dinner? <laughs> Miss Hayward, this is Frank Buck. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Buck? Archie was just telling me about all of his experiences in the jungle. Oh, yes? Archie, why don't you, uh, go to the jungle sometime? I've been to a jungle. <laughs> what jungle? Oh, a certain jungle. Which one? The Jingle Jangle Jungle. <laughs> and stop trying to make a sucker out of me, Mr. Buck, or Miss Hayward here is liable to realize that one of us is a phony. <laughs> right, Susan? Oh, quiet, Archie. Mr. Buck, you must lead an exciting life. What was your most thrilling experience? Well, there was that uh, wild taper, a beast I considered uh, fairly harmless. There seems to be an opinion around here that I'm a phony. I wish to remove that doubt. <laughs> it seems that Frank Buck has uh, intimidated that I was never in Africa. Well, were you? Miss Hayward, the proof. See that preacher there, the one with the war paint and the ring in his nose, falling on his hands and knees there? Just brought him back from the jungles of Tondaleo. Uh, watch this, sir. Uh... Here, Hambo. Miss <laughs> Hayward, you are now looking at a genuine pig man. You mean, you mean pygmy? Nope, pig man. Half man, half pig. Uh, Hambo, uh, say hello to Miss Hayward. Oink, oink. Uh, Hambo, how does Miss Hayward look to you? Okay. <laughs> okay, eh? Uh, Pigman, tell me this. Did you ever in your life see Frank Buck in the jungle? No. You ever see me there? No. See, Miss Haywood, was I lying to you? Wait a minute, Archie. What is this creature? An African pigman, Mr. Buck. Half man, half pig. I don't believe it. What? He's that man. No? You don't, huh? Uh, Archie, why don't you quit this African nonsense? You know you were never there. Mr. Buck, do I look to you like a liar? I said, do I look like a liar? I'll prove it to you. <laughs> Big man, <clears throat> tell the white goddess to come in. The veiled white goddess, no? Hmm? The white goddess? The white goddess of the zombie tribe. I rescued her from the swamis down there in the last safari, you know? Oh, here she is now. A goddess. This is Mr. Buck and Miss Hayward. Likewise, I'm sure. Uh, goddess, uh, tell me, friends, here about yourself. At age of three, my parents broke law of jungle. I was left orphaned. Uh, what jungle law did your parents break, goddess? They poisoned cannibal. How? Cannibal ate them. <laughs> so I was brought up by a couple of baboons. And the goddess ain't kidding, neither. <laughs> now, Washi, you shut your trap. Why... <laughs> Why, Archie, she speaks like a city girl. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes uh, from one of the biggest cities in the jungle. Uh. Yes, I am from Chicago. 
There you are. Do you need any further proof? Uh, just a second, uh, Goddess. Uh, what is your uh, the chant of your jungle? Uh, wait, is a chant what I think it is? Well, it, it's a song. You're asking for trouble. <laughs> Goddess, let him have it. <laughs> I left Africa. No wonder that Tarzan's always screaming. I would never bring her back alive. Miss Haywood, are you convinced? Yes, Archie. I'm convinced that, that I finally met somebody I could really be interested in. Well, now, Miss Haywood, <laughs> Susan, that's wonderful. <laughs> Shall we go out now and sort of make arrangements? Oh, I didn't mean you, Archie. Huh? You going out with Frank Buck? No. Then who? Hambo. <laughs> Before we leave Duffy's Tavern, leave us but a... Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood tonight for your listening pleasure with Susan Miller and Matty Malnick's orchestra. So, hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are... Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. All right, all right, all right, Costello. Hey, wait a minute. Where, where have you been? Huh? Where have you been? Well, I, I went to the movies to see our latest picture. Yes. The noose hangs high. Noose, yes. Yeah, and I tried to make a guy give me a seat, and he called the usher. What happened? Well, I told the usher, I said, no, look, it, I own the theater. And he took me out of the seat, punched me in the nose, he threw me out in the alley. Boy, was I lucky. Lucky? Yeah, if he did that to the owner of the theater, what would he have done to me? <laughs> Why don't... Why don't you settle down and get yourself a job, Lou? Huh? Why don't you settle down and get a job? You know, some of the stuff was on the stuff I threw away. I know. <laughs> hey, Abbott. What? I had a job, but I got fired. I installed an electric dishwasher in a garbage disposal in a lady's house. But something must have got mixed up. Why? It disposed of all her dishes, and she's got the cleanest garbage in town. <laughs> Speaking of garbage, Lou, you, you told me you had a date tonight. Oh, yes. Speaking of garbage. Uh, 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 I mean, sorry. Uh, uh, you, you didn't tell me that. That reminds you that I had a date? That's right. No, not exactly that, but... Uh... Speaking of garbage. No, 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 no. I didn't mean this it that way, Lou. This was a swill date. Yeah, all right, all right. I know. <laughs> but you did have a date, didn't you? Yes, I did have it. I had a very nice date. I had a, see, I had a date with my new girl, and she works in the library. And she told me to meet her right behind the Encyclopedia Britannica. Why behind the Encyclopedia Britannica? Well, gee, don't you think I want to learn something? <laughs> oh, Sam. What were you doing in the library in the first don't place? Don't you like encyclopedias? Yes, yes, yes. What... When I was a lot better boy, my mama bought me encyclopedias. She did? Well, that's wonderful. I used to ride to school on my encyclopedia. Oh, you... <laughs> Well, 
Costello, will you stop that walking up and down? What's the matter with you? What are you worried about? Saturday, Saturday night, they arrested my uncle, Jim Kelly. He broke into a grocery store and he stole $390. Well, why did he do it? The poor guy was hungry. Well, if he was hungry, why didn't he steal all... Why didn't he steal all his money, Lou? Why didn't he steal some groceries or something? He's a proud man, Abbott. He likes to pay for everything he gets. <laughs> and besides, he needs the money to buy a new car. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> He'd be better off without a car. Costello, it's, it's very dangerous driving in California. You're telling me? In Los Angeles, you have to drive for five people. The one in front of you, the one in back of you, and the ones on each side of you. Oh, wait a minute. That's only four cars. Where's the fifth? She'll pull out in front of you any minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Abbott, I gotta leave now. I got a new job with my brother Pat in the trucking business. (laughs) Has he got his own truck? Yeah, you can see it, Abbott. It's one inch wide and a block long. A truck an inch wide and a block long? Mm-hmm. What is he delivering it? Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, Sam. Mm-hmm. Is your brother Pat making any money in the trucking business, Lou? Oh, yeah. He did so good last week that he bought his wife one of those new electric blankets. It saves her a lot of time around the house. Now, wait a minute. How can an electric blanket help her with the work around the house? Well, she takes the eggs and the bacon to bed with her. And when she gets up in the morning, breakfast is ready. <laughs> That electric blanket is making her very popular, too. Uh, what do you mean? Last night, she turned it on too high, and now... Yes? She's the toast of the town. <laughs> oh, Mr. Costello, Mr. Costello, I've got to talk to you. I've got a great idea. Wait a minute, mister. What's the idea of breaking in here like this? Oh, I've got an idea that will make you two of the most popular comedy team in radio. What is it? I'll stamp your name underneath every cow in the country. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How will that make us popular? Well, at least you'll have all the farmers pulling for you. (laughs) Well, look, Costello, it's our singing star, Susan Miller. Susan, I'm certainly glad you showed up tonight because I'm going to sing a duel with you. Costello, you mean a duet. A duel is where somebody gets hurt. You never sang with me, did you? (laughs) Now, when did you become a singer, Costello? Well... I don't like to brag, but would you believe that I taught Bing Crosby how to sing? No, I wouldn't. You're right, but once in a while I catch a sucker. <laughs> Castella, you don't know the first thing about music. Well, I'll have you know what I studied music. Nah. I went to a singing school. I used to study until I was blue in the face, and then the teacher presented me with a medal. For being the best singer in the class? No, for having the bluest face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to go now, boys. So long, Castella. <laughs> You know, there goes a nice kid, Abbott. The only thing is, she's money mad. Money mad? Yeah, she's mad because I ain't got no money. <laughs> ah, so what? Remember, Costello, money isn't everything. You know, you can't take it with you. It's nice to have it here so you can say goodbye to it. <laughs> you know, my family's always had money. In fact, my Uncle Rudolph was one of the first gold miners in California. One day when he was in the mine digging for gold, he was killed by a falling spade. A falling spade killed my Uncle Tom. Was he a gold miner? No, he was killed by the ace of spades that fell out of his sleeve in a poker game. <laughs> well, Costello, you'll never have to worry about money as long as I've got it. We're pals. Share and share alike. Well, I feel the same way about you, Abbott. That's swell. You, you mean you'd share everything you have with me? If you had two cars, you'd give me one? Sure. If you had two houses, you'd give one of them to me? I certainly would. And if you had uh, two department stores, you'd, you'd give me one? Yes, sir. We're pals. Share and share alike. Swell. If you had two dollars, would you give me one? No. Why? Because I've got two dollars. I... <laughs> well, that's the way you feel, eh? I thought I was your pal. Are you trying to tell me that money means more to you than I do? I didn't say that, Abbott. Well, does it? Yes. 
That settles it, Costello. I'm going on my vacation to New Jersey, and I'm not taking you with me. <laughs> Who wants to go to New Jersey now? When we were there last summer, the mosquitoes were so big they were carrying baseball bats. I woke up in the middle of the night, and two of them were sitting on my stomach holding a conversation. Don't be silly. The mosquitoes can't talk. Don't tell me. These two were certainly chewing the fat. I... <laughs> well, Castell, on second thought, I don't think I'll go to New Jersey either. I need a complete rest where nobody will bother me, where the name Bud Abbott means nothing. Oh, you're staying in town, eh? I... <laughs> Never mind that. Uh, where are you going? Well, I think I'll go to Honolulu. Last time I was there, I met a beautiful native girl. She was gorgeous and what a figure. All day, she'd walk around carrying a big basket on her head. Then at night, she'd sneak off and she'd meet me. Ah, brother, she taught me plenty. She did? Yes. You should see me carry a basket on my head. <laughs> you idiot girls are making a nervous wreck out of you. You got something there. I know it. I know it, too. I've been buttoning my suspenders to my socks, and it saves me a lot of money. How? Oh. It pulls my socks up so far, I don't have to wear pants. <laughs> Never mind that. Have you been getting plenty of rest? No. And I've been having a lot of trouble going to sleep. Last night, I didn't fall asleep till 11 o'clock. What time did you go to bed? Five minutes to 11. I... <laughs> now, Stella, you need to... Costello, you need a vacation. You've got to stop running around with girls. It's affecting your brain. I think you're right, Adam. I know it. Last night, I had a date to pick up a girl at Hollywood and Vine. I drove down to Hollywood and Vine. Then I went to dinner, and all during dinner, I felt as if I forgot something. Then to a movie, and all through the movie, I felt as though I'd forgotten something. Then I drove to Griffith Park, and I started to neck, and I still felt as if I'd forgotten something. Then I went home, and I remembered what I forgot. What was it? I forgot to pick up the girl. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here's the singing star of the Abbott and Costello show, Susan Miller, with Maddie Malnick's orchestra singing On the Sunny Side of the Street. Grab your coat and get your head, leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Can't you hear that pitter pat and that happy tune in your step? Life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street. I used to walk in the shade with a blues on parade, but now I'm not afraid. This rover crossed over. If I never have a set, I'll be rich as Rockefeller. So that's at my feet on the sunny side of the street. On well, now I'm not afraid This rover crossed over If I never have a set I'll be rich as Rockefeller Gold dust at my feet On the sunny, 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 sunny Oh, Abbott. What? I got an awful headache. Will you run to the drugstore and get me some aspirin? No. Hey, Maddie, will you run to get me... Run to the drugstore and get me some aspirin? Will anybody here run for some aspirin? No! Oh, thanks, kid. (laughs) 
now I got no joke? Nobody will go after it. Nobody will go after it. Nope. Nobody will go after the aspirin. Now. Okay. Hand me the phone. I'll get that aspirin. <laughs> I'll put in a long-distance call to Washington. Well, who, who are you calling in Washington? Henry Wallace. That guy will run for anything. Right. <laughs> Nonsense. Look, what, what gave you the headache? Well, I've been helping my Uncle Mike on his job, and it's hard, steady work. Uh, what, is, what does he do? Well, he fills cracks in the walls of veterans' houses. Well, I thought your Uncle Mike was a dairy farmer. He was, but his cow got hit on the head and lost her memory. The cow lost her memory? Yes, and now she gives milk of amnesia. That... <laughs> you want to run for that kid? <laughs> your Uncle Mike must feel pretty bad about it. Yes, he gave him a nervous breakdown. Is he very nervous? Well, he's not so nervous, but he's slightly nuts. He thinks it. <laughs> he thinks he's a maraschino cherry, and it's very expensive. Why? The only place he can sleep is in a bathtub full of whipped cream. That's <laughs> telling your whole family's always getting into trouble. I guess you're right. I know it. Last night my brother packed one to a burlesque show and got a handful of popcorn in his eye. Now wait a minute. How could he get a handful of popcorn in his eye at a burlesque theater? His eye was open so wide he thought it was his mouth. <laughs> Mind about your brother. I'm worrying about you. Tonight, when you go home, make a make a lot of hot tea with lemon. Then soak your feet in the tub. I did that last night. And I didn't like it. Why? The lemon kept tickling my feet. <laughs> I say you're, you're going to take a vacation. You've got to get away from girls. Come on, we'll go to the travel bureau. <laughs> There it is. Stone's Travel Bureau. Let's go in. Ah, come right in, gentlemen. I'll be with you just as soon as I finish this phone call. Yes? Oh, your wife don't like the trip you've arranged? Well, call me again when she makes up her mind. Goodbye. Who was that? Mr. and Mrs. Stern. They're going on their honeymoon and they can't make up their mind. He wants to take a trip around the world and she wants to go someplace else. <laughs> All right, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Uh, we're Abbott and Costello. We're thinking of leaving the country. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw your last picture. The news hangs high, and if I were you, I wouldn't even stop to think. <laughs> You're a pretty fresh guy, aren't you? Just who are you? I own this travel bureau. My name is Stone. The first name is Roland. <laughs> Roland Stone, <laughs> Rolling Stone. That's right, Rolling Stone. And from the looks of your head, you haven't gathered any moss. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Mr. Stone. Costello's been very nervous lately, and he wants to go on a vacation. Well, how about our island tour? That takes you to Panama. After that comes Cuba. After that comes Bermuda. After that comes Haiti. What comes after Haiti? Haiti 1, Haiti 2, Haiti 3. <laughs> You like that tour? It'll cost you $700. I know, but wait a minute. Costello hasn't got $700. Oh, then, Costello, maybe you'd be interested in this tour. Of course, you'd have to take along a bag of onions, a box of salt, a frying pan, a mix master, and a double boiler. And what kind of tour is that? A cook's tour. <laughs> Costello, why, why don't you go to Yellowstone Park and see Old Faithful, huh? Yes. I used to go out on dates with Old Faithful. She was quite a girl. Costello, uh, Old Faithful is a big, jagged mess of, of old fossil that spouts steam every hour. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind your girl. Costello, if you don't mind traveling with a group, here's a trip that takes in most of Europe. It takes in Bulgaria, it takes in Czechoslovakia, it takes in Yugoslavia. What group do I have to travel with? The Russian army. <laughs> Wait a minute, Costello. I have an idea. Why don't you take a trip to Italy? Ah, uh, Italy, of course. In Italy, you know, they have a town where the streets are filled with water. Nothing but water. They call it Venice. When it rains, there's a town like that right here in California. We call it Burbank. <laughs> um, Mr. Stone, I think Costello should go to some helpful climate. Uh, how about Sweden? Ah, yes, of course, Sweden. Sweden, the match country. You know something? 
Sweden makes more matches than anyone else in the world. More than Lana Turner? Uh, Costello, maybe you'd like to see one of the seven wonders of the world. How'd you like that? The Leaning Tower of Pisa. You know, it leans way over to one side. There's nothing like it in the world. Have you seen some of the houses they're building for the veterans here? <laughs> Mr. Stone, uh, what are the prices of these tours? Oh, they're different prices. Now, for instance, a tour to England costs $500, a tour to France costs $700, and a trip to Russia... A trip to Russia, Costello, will cost exactly 75 cents. Oh, wait a minute. Only 75 cents to go to Russia? How can you afford to make such an offer? Who's going to go? I... <laughs> All right, now, Costello, how much money have you got to spend on your vacation? I got between 98 and $100. Well, which is it, 98 or 100 It's between 98 and 100 I got two bucks. You... <laughs> Well, Mr. Stone, do you have any kind of a tour for $2? Oh, yes. We have a wonderful $2 vacation for sports like Costello. I'll take it. I'll take it. When do we leave? Right now. Okay. Good, good. Where does this $2 tour take me? For a brisk walk through the La Brea Tar Pit. <laughs> uh, Mr. Stone. <laughs> Mr. Stone, haven't you some place where we could go where it's nice and quiet? Yes. <laughs> Why don't we just stay here? It's been mighty quiet since the beginning of the program. <laughs> hey, by George, I've got it. Just the place for peace and quiet. It's a desert island 2,000 miles offshore. Well, uh, what will it cost us to get there? To get there, nothing. I'll take you there myself in my own boat. I can't go on a boat. I get seasick. Hmm. Does seasickness affect you very much? Mr. Stone, the last time I was on a ship, I looked so green that when I walked into a billiard room, the steward racked up my eyeballs and shot them into the side pocket. <laughs> Come on, Costello, we're going on that boat. Well, gentlemen, there's the island. What do you think of it? What a horrible-looking place. I don't like it. What are you complaining about, Costello? It didn't cost us anything to get here. I want to go back. To go back will cost you $300. I ain't got no $300. All ashore that's going ashore. And that means you, fat Joe. Get off the boat. Goodbye. Have fun. How <laughs> could you have done, Costello? We're all alone on this deserted island. We may die here. I, I don't want to die. I, I'm too young. I'm only 25. Abbott, you're only 25 years old? Yes. Then I got nothing to worry about. Why? If you're only 25, you're here alone. I haven't been born yet. Costello, I... <laughs> how can you joke about this? Here we are, 2,000 miles from shore. No food, no water. We're in more trouble than anybody else in the world. Have you read the Kinsey Report on Matty Malnick? <laughs> Costello, this heat is killing me. Oh, oh pal, I, I, I think I'm going to die on this island. Costello, my buddy. Yes, Abbott? When you get back, find the woman I love. Go to her and tell her I love her dearly. Take that message to the woman I love. Okay, Abbott. To the woman you love. Yes. To the woman I love. But what shall I tell your wife? I... <laughs> Come on, we've got to find a way to get off this island. Look, Costello. Cannibal. One of them is coming toward us. You're looking for Ireland. That boy. Hey, Abbott, get me out of here, will you? Quiet. Quiet, Costello. These cannibals are headhunters. They shrink people's heads. This guy is the biggest shrinker I ever saw. Oh, don't be afraid. We peaceful cannibals. Well, don't, don't you even fight with the other tribes? Oh, we never fight. We haven't had a war 200 years. Well, how, how do you explain that? We're not civilized. <laughs> Where are you boys from? California. Never heard of it. You know, California. Oranges. Never heard of it. California, California. You know, Lana Turner. Oh, yes. How's Bob Popping? <laughs> 
chief. Maybe you know my Uncle Tom. He was shipwrecked on one of these islands with a beautiful redhead. For three whole years, he was on the island alone with this gorgeous redhead, and then a terrible thing happened. What? He was rescued. Costello, <laughs> I'm afraid we'll never be rescued. Oh, pal, this is it. This is the end. Don't say that, Abbott. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm, don't worry, Costello. We'll soon be in heaven at the pearly gates. And when Gabriel sees you, he'll blow his horn. And when he sees you, he'll blow his top. I... <laughs> Hey, look. Look. Look, Costello. A plane. Quick. Sneak. Signal. Quick. Signal. Hurry up. Take off your shirt. Wave it. Hurry okay, up. Okay. Okay. Hurry up. Take it off. I'm waving my shirt. Okay. Look, the plane has come over. They saw my shirt. They saw my shirt. Hey, look. They dropped a package of supplies, and there's a note tied to it. Oh, they saw my shirt. They saw my shirt. Well, quick, read the note. Okay. What does it say? Okay. It says, wash that dirty shirt. <laughs> Keep the house lights down, boys. We'll have a curtain call by Abbott and Costello after a final reminder on this subject. Costello, why don't you try to take off a little weight this summer? Oh, I'm doing that now, Everett. Susan Miller and I are taking reducing treatments. I've lost 100 pounds up to now. Uh, what about Susan? She's disappeared altogether. <laughs> Two great comedy shows on another Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, I hope you'll take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And I hope you'll tune in again on Friday. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Greg Fordyce. And remember... Hey, you know who you can trust? Your maid, Teresa. She steals! She steals? Why don't you fire her? I'm afraid. I think she's into voodoo. I don't know. Oh, God.